welcome to the MTM Camps Uncovered podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Barboza. If you haven't already done so, make sure you hit the subscribe button so each week you never miss a thing. This week I was joined by the head coach at the new Dijklik Mighty Academy in Scotland, John Paul Gallagher. John, in his teen years, was fighting himself at a very high level. He spent loads of time in Thailand, taking in the culture, and he's now moved on to a slightly different path in coaching. John is the coach of our newly signed fighter and world champion prospect, Nico Carrillo. They have some big plans ahead with a world title fight and line fight. We can't wait to see the progress. Um, so listen out on this podcast and enjoy. Don't forget as well, if you are enjoying these podcasts each week, please do share this on your Instagram story and tag us in it and I will reshare it. Um, it really does help us grow this podcast. And if you do want to follow us on our social media platforms, we are on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram and that's at Muay Thai Magic. And my personal Instagram is at Ellis Barboza if you want to follow my journey within the sport. Uh, yes, mate, you okay? I know bad me also. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Right then, so I'm live with the head coach at the Deech Connect Muay Thai Academy in Scotland. Um, I'm just going to bring over some questions and highlights of John's personal career <coughs> and progression into coaching. So let's start with uh, your personal fight career then. So obviously you started in Muay Thai yourself, you was a fighter. Um, how did your personal journey go and how did that start? Uh, I started when I was about, I think I was... 10 or something, the first time I went to the gym. Um, started just because my pal went, uh, he ended up falling away for it. And then yeah. I kept going myself. First two years I was fucking hopeless, man. <laughs> just couldn't get it at all, mate. And then everything just kind of clicked after that. Um, I had a fucking, I had a brilliant junior career, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then I kind of started to slow down in my adult career. No way, results are in. I just wasn't fighting as active. Like, as a junior, I had maybe... I think I'd about maybe 30, 38 to 40 junior fights and then when it came to adult I think I'd maybe about fucking five or six fights. Um, yeah. Things just started to slow down a wee bit as I got older but when I was younger I'd, I'd quite a, a quite a successful career to be honest. Um, I was fighting constant, I was fighting fucking like the best other kids in the country and that as well. I was winning, I won a lot of things but uh, yeah. I actually prefer this as an adult, I definitely prefer what I'm doing now. So. Sure. So as a junior, did you uh, pick up many like titles or? Um, Aye, I won. My second fight, I, uh, I fought the Scottish champion. My second fight, and I, I think I stopped him in the third round or something. Um, my next fight after that, I fought for the STB Scottish. I picked up my first Scottish title in my third fight. And then from there, I won another Scottish title. I won a Scottish Open. I won two British titles, and then I won a Celtic Nations title as well. So I've done, I've done yeah, real, real successful career as a junior and really. Aye, definitely. Aye. The circuit back then for uh, juniors as well was amazing. Some of the talent was crazy, man. There were so many more juniors than there was now. Mm, uh, yeah. Years ago, you could have put a full, a full show on just for the juniors and it would have been amazing. It's kinda, it doesn't seem to be as popular nowadays. Yeah, people don't fight. Anyway. Yeah, there's some real big, big shows as well for the juniors. I like Barnsley, like, uh, they've done the Sky Sports Arena at yeah, Me yeah. Metrodome in 2011, I think it was, um, and they've done a full Scotland versus England card. It was the best fighters, best juniors for Scotland and the best juniors for England. It was, it was mobbed, man. It was fucking, the shows were amazing, so they were, they were yeah, really, really good. But a lot of the boys that were fighting on these shows aren't anywhere to be seen now. Yeah. So it's metal. 
that is crazy. Yeah. Right, and um, obviously, during your teen years, I know you spent a lot of time in Thailand, mm-hmm. um, at Sassy Prapper Gym. Can you explain a little bit about your time there and the reason for you going and spending so much time there? Uh, the first time I went, I went with Daniel McGowan. Uh, me and Daniel have always been pals since we were younger. Yeah. Um, and then I went across with him because he'd been there uh, before. And my, my, I went with Macaulay as well. We spent two months there. Uh, then after that, uh, Daniel and I went to Pet Young D. They started going to a different gym. And then I went back to Sassy Prapa. And then they just started letting me train for free and live there for free. And I, just, I got a good relationship with the people there. So I just yes. started going back and forth all the time. I ended up taking Nico, then I took Stevie, and then it just kind of became what can I go to for? Yeah. Closer, kind of thing, so. yeah, so did you uh, fight much over there when you were there? No, I had uh, I had only two fights in Thailand the first time. Fucking <laughs> quite a funny story, man. Yeah, I got absolutely battled, man. I was pure stitched up, so that uh, we all fought in, I think it was the Meklong train market show. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I had, I'd only had one C-class fight at this point. We went across and uh, me, Reece Thompson and Nico all had fights. Um, so we went and I was, when I got there, I realised I was headlining it. So their fights got the way Nico and Reese both won. But before it, they got to meet their opponents. There was no way in or anything. They got to shake their opponents' hands and, that and see their opponents. I'm like, Can I, where's mine? No, like, no, 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 you don't need to see yours and that. As soon as we got in the ring, fucking the boy was huge, man. His chats were, I mean, he was absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, and it turned out he'd fought, he'd fought Singdam, he fought on tight, he, he was quite, he'd done quite well, so he ended up fighting wrong that Sassy Prap at the end of my trip as well, so I was just kind of cannon fodder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was huge, man. I don't know right the first round and then the second round he came out mental, but I ended up kicking his elbow at the time. I thought I'd broke my foot because I couldn't walk on it, so. Mm. Uh, I retired on the stool in the get into the fourth, I think it was. But to be honest, even if I didn't injure myself, I would uh, fucking, I'd fucking absolutely mock it anyway. Lose <laughs> 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 a monster, man. Plus, I'd not even been training for it because you know, your first fight in Thailand, you expect it to be quite easy. Yeah. So I went across and I've been out late and at night, not really training hard than that. So I didn't take it seriously at all. So I kind of deserved everything I got that day. Yeah, yeah. the party life. Aye, definitely. <laughs> okay, so obviously spending so much time in Thailand, you would have picked up quite a lot whether you fought there or not. Um, how would you say this has transferred into your now coaching um, business and, and coaching at your gym? Um, I think I loved it. Look, I started Thai boxing with my boy Gary Douglas from Scotland. He had one of the most, uh, he would, I'd say he's still probably one of the best coaches in Scotland. He's not very interested anymore. He's not yeah. uh, getting a lot of fighters. But uh, he's, he he was one of the best, most knowledgeable, knowledgeable coaches in Scotland, I think. Um, then I went to Thailand, so I, I'd say for everywhere I've been, I think I've picked about for everybody. Every, everywhere I go, I think I'll pick I'll pick something up for every coach. Like I've got different styles. I'll, I've got a style I take for Christian Knowles, and I've got a style I take for watching him in Thailand. I've got hundreds of stuff for all different pad men and all different trainers I've worked with in Thailand. Yeah. So I'll take bits and bobs for everybody I've worked with, then Craig Flown. Um, my old coach as well. I've got yeah. bits and bobs for him. It's just everywhere you go, I can soak up different bits and then I try and transfer it into my coaching career. So I, I'm only 24, so I'm, fucking, I'm trying to still grow as well myself. Away my fighters, the better my fighters get, the better I get at coaching as well. 
So yeah, of course. I want to touch a bit on that transfer um, in a bit. What, what's your actual reason for stopping fighting and, and going into coaching and putting your time into that? Um, I don't, to be honest, that's still a question I don't really know how to answer. There could have been hundreds of reasons. Um, when I was younger, I was always really, really obsessed with Thai boxing. Um, yeah. Probably far too obsessed. Um, so I think I took everything far too seriously as a child. Like growing up and doing Thai boxing, like the way adults train now, that's the way I was training when I was a, a kid. Yeah. So I think when I got to 18 and I started being able to go and fucking started getting in about birds and that, I think I've, I, I kind of fell off the rails and I thought, no, I'll take a wee break. Yeah. Um, and then the breaks kind of transpired into a full time move. But to be honest, I did, I started to take more of a love for coaching. When Nico first walked into the gym, me and him kind of had to ask straight away. Um, I took a bit of interest. I took a bit of interest in him. Started training him, and I took him for his first fight. But bear in mind, I was only seventeen. Nico was fifteen. Uh, I took him for his first few fights. He won them all. He was battling everybody, so he was. He was always really good. Um, and I started to show more of interest in his career than I did mine. And that's when I started to have doubts about what I was at. Did I actually want to fight anymore? Or was I enjoying coaching as much? But I still had like, everybody run about me, try to push me to fight still. No for a bad reason, but because I was still saying I wanted to be a fighter. So I'd look, like, Craig, you know, like, let's fucking try to get me more into fighting. But I was starting to get major doubts in my head. Why do I feel better when my fighters win than I do when I win? Because my, my last ever fight was a fight on Max. I fought quite a half decent tie. I had over 100 fights and I absolutely battered them. So it was like, and I, I came out of the ring, I wasn't even really too, I wasn't even really too fussed about it. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, Nico wins. Yeah. Over the Prince's Cup, and I'm fucking ecstatic. It's just, it wasn't, I wasn't really there anymore, and I came back, took a break, and then that was it, kind of there. I took a long break, um, kind of went after it was a wee bit for a couple of years, and I found myself back on it, and I seemed to come back a lot better than I have, so. Yeah. So would you say that, Pretty much from the start of Nico's career, you've been a bit of a role model for him. At the start, I, de I definitely. I um, When Nico first walked into the gym, that's when I was really, really buzzed deep in um, wanting to be a fighter and wanting to be this, wanting to be that. I was I was training really, really hard. I had my first fight um, for the GTB at the time. Um, and that's kind of when Nico first came in at the gym. So I definitely, look, Nico trained to me for my fights back then. Yeah. And then, no, it's like, the roles have kind of reversed, like, the students became a master, kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I, don't, I don't spar with them anywhere. <laughs> you don't, mate. No, I'd be a Okay, so how would you say that um, you've transferred your fighting skills over to coaching? Would you say it's a direct transfer, or is the things you've had to sort of adapt with your own game and your own mindset? Um, it was strange. When I was fighting, I don't, let's see... I've got, I think I've got a brilliant fight IQ. See the way I can see things, and you know, I, I believe I've got a lot better fight IQ than most fighters. Mm. I can see things and pick things up that a lot of people will not see. Maybe ten people in the room will not see, but I'll manage to. I'll pick up on it. Yeah. But I can't actually transfer that into my own fighting, and it's, it's, it sounds weird, but it's yeah. it's fucking years of difference between knowing and being able to teach somebody than being actually have the physical ability to do it yourself. Sure. Um, so I think. All my knowledge early years are going here, going there, and the fact I'm still so open-minded open about it. I'll take advice off anybody who knows what they're talking about, and if I like somebody's style, 
whether or not it's pure traditional Thai boxing, if I think it's going to work, then I'll use it. So it's constantly every day. All my, the way I used to think when I was a fighter, I carry that across, but it's also my kind of attitude and constantly learning that's, I think it worked out so well, moving into being a coach, to be honest. Yeah, you so, say that a lot, because there's fighters who are really good, who can't necessarily coach, and then you see coaches who might not have even fought, who are like one of the best coaches in the world. That so. is crazy. It's like, uh, it's like Liam Robinson, I think Liam, still to this day I'd say Liam Robinson was the best coach in the UK. Uh, he was a good fighter, but he wasn't, when he fought, he wasn't anything, he wasn't anything majorly special. He was good, you could see that technique not was perfect, but yeah. Liam's eye for the game was mental. Mm. Liam, like talking to Liam, Liam was like a tie boxing computer, and it's, you see, you, it showed in his fighters. Yeah. Like we had Macaulay, Daniel, a boy Bart Tweed, Ricky said we had all of them at the same time and they were all amazing. Yeah, it was a crazy uh, squad back then. Ah, he, he, was, he, was, he was doing amazing and I think that's, it just shows it's just... It's is a skill in its own. So. Yeah, sorry, I had a call in. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that cut out then. I understand, yeah. I reckon it is a um, it is a big skill coaching as well. It's something you can evolve as you study the game. You know what right, I mean? de definitely, it's no it's no easy coaching. Isn't it easy at all? It's like depends if you're not too emotionally invested in coaching. Then I think it could be it could be really easy. If you're not too really emotionally invested in your fighters, it could be easy. But it's fuck it's hard. The fighter has a bad day. Go same. You know what it's like yourself. You have a bad session. You're coming up to a fight. It's no nice. Yeah. But it can heavy, heavy put you down, but that's what I'm saying. You need to, as a coach, you need to go through it when your fighter has a bad session. You'll, you might feel bad because they've had a bad session, but it's your job then to pick them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the things I want to Would you say, as a coach, uh, well, what would you say your responsibilities as a coach are, first of all? The difference is with me, I think, what separates me from a lot of different coaches is. I think when, when we go to the gym, my job doesn't start when I go to the gym and it doesn't end when I leave the gym. I think when my fighter's in a fight camp, ask any, any of my boys, when they're in a fight camp, I think my job's 24-7. If they need to talk to somebody on the phone, they pick up the phone and speak to me, regardless of what time of day it is, if there's something up. If they're weight cutting, they're too tired to do this, they're too tired to drive somewhere, that's my job. If they're too tired to go and get things they need, if they're sore after a session and they just want to get home and they will go home, stop and get ice on the way home, that's my job to go and get ice for an ice bath. It's my job to do everything and take as much stress off them as I can because fighting is stressful. Yes. I know what I needed back then and I know what I got and I know what I didn't get. So I'll make sure that I'll leave no stones unturned so that when it comes to fight day, I didn't do one thing out of place. Mm, and yeah. if we come up short, it's nothing we've not done wrong, and it's nothing I've done wrong, or I've not something I've not done. It's just it was New Year's Day or whatever. But nine times out of ten, we've no lost since the fight team we put together. But I think we've lost one fight in a year or something, and that was my first year being in charge. So um, I think the system we've got going in is pretty good. Yeah. So would you obviously from that you'd probably say that being a fighter yourself and having experienced the whole life of fighter and what we have to go through. Mm -hmm. You can then relate to your fighters a lot more and help them. I definitely. I know what they're going through emotionally. I know what they're going through, maybe not so much physically, because I think the way we train now is a lot harder than we all trained back then. 
just as times evolve, I think there's a lot more to training. It's not just Thai boxing anymore. There's strength conditioning, there's all sorts of different things. But I definitely, I, I, de- I relate to every situation my fighter's in, to be honest. I can read them. I can read them all perfect. I know when my fighter needs a night off or when they're starting to get a bit distracted, when maybe there's no fights happening. You can't constantly police a fighter and be like, ah, no, you can't do this, can't do that. Sometimes you need to give them a wee bit of slack, let them off the leash a wee bit, but yeah. they realise they're no missing it and they end up back in the gym anyway. So yeah. I know when to do help, when to be hard on them, when to be. It's just you just you you either understand it or you don't. Yeah. So. Hey everybody, real quick, don't forget to visit MuayThaiMagic.com for the best training tips and fight gear on the market. We have the best prices, ship worldwide, and with the code First Ten, you can get ten percent off your first order on anything of your choice. Right, let's get you back to the podcast. Yeah. Right. So, what would you say that makes a good coach? I think first and foremost, I think you need to, you need to really have a, a connection with your fighters. See if you've no go. Uh, I think you need to really be emotionally invested in your fighters. Mm. You need to hundred percent. You need to want it. You're they're your responsibility. I think if you don't have that passion and that drive to want to succeed as much as they do, then I I don't think. For me, I, I wouldn't be coaching. See if I didn't if I didn't want to. Say for Nico, for instance, if I didn't want to work, Nico to win a world title as much as Nico wants to win a world title, I wouldn't be doing the job because it's not it's not fair on him. You need somebody that's a hundred percent dead. I'm the driving force behind behind my boys. That's my job. Yes. They're motivated as it is, but I think first and foremost you need to be really really passionate about it. You need to know what you're doing, especially at a certain level. You can't be kidding people and pretending you know how to do this and do that. The boys are wanting to achieve. You're the one in charge of them. If you can't do the job, don't do it. But yeah. it's it's no fair. You only get one shot at this. Fighting's a very short thing. Once you you peak, you have a you have a good few years of fighting. After that, then it starts to go down. You can't waste that. I don't know at gyms and that. So you need to get it right first time. So as a coach, you need to make sure you're passionate about it. You know what you're doing. That's kind of and you have a lot of ambition. You need to have as much ambition as your fighter. That's it. Yeah, that's quality. So on the build up to a fight. Do you um, study the game a lot for your fighters and put together a plan for them? I, to be honest, we we work uh, we work. It's a hard one. It just depends what kind of fight it is. If it's a totally different, if it's a totally different kind of opponent, I will really, really will try and tailor it to the the opponent as much as we can. We don't date so much because people can turn up on the day with a totally different game plan. They can fight different. I don't believe every day. I don't believe it's as simple as watching somebody on YouTube and they're going to fight exactly the same because every fight, every opponent they fought is different. So the way their opponents react is how they look as well. So personally, I don't I don't really believe in, right, this is how this guy fights, this is how we need to train. We'll pick bits and bobs in their game and we'll add it into our recipe and then we'll go wait for there. But we don't solely rely on yeah. what that boy fights like or anything like that. The system we've got there. The way I think it is, the way we do things right now, if if my boys are always one million percent fit and we do exactly what we're doing now, I think we'll be really, really hard to beat. Mm. So. Yeah, it's a really unstoppable trait when someone's fit as fuck. Right, 100%. See, if you're, if you're skillful, if you're skillful, you really, really know what you're doing. You're talented. You work on loads of different aspects of your game. But if you're no fit, that means nothing because 
you can fight for two rounds and that other boy's going to run at you for five. Yeah. So see if you if you've got all the talent in the world, then the ability you've got good fight IQ. If you're fit, then if you can fight for five rounds, then you're going to give MD a hard fight. You're going to you're going to take it to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. How how do you make sure that your fighters are in the best physical condition possible? Then. Well, we've got a Nico's got a sponsor, um, Commando Exfit. Ross McGaffney, he's a Royal Marine PTI. Um, this is when I think Nico's game stepped up a lot, is when he started getting into with Ross. Ross dedicates himself quite similar to the way I do. He, he was done in Newcastle, we done the corner with me done in Newcastle. Um, so Ross takes his Royal Marine, no, Royal Navy training into Nico's training. Like how's Nico in ice cold puddles in the winter? Make make them submerge yourself in ice outside, pushing her in, he'll do load like making day press ups outside. Now it's mental, it does a lot of mental toughness things like he's had Nico out in the cold and that for two hours in the freezing cold, pushing her in, soaking wet. Yeah. All bodyweight exercises, running them right into the ground, but then he does all his strength and conditioning stuff. The stuff he does with him is mental, like, there's no person I know that would go in and actually pay for that service like for a PT. I personally, I done it once and I didn't go back. <laughs> no, I left after the warm up and I waited in the car for Nico. But the the training crazy. Like I don't think a lot of fighters in the UK would would handle Ross's training, mm. and I think that's made Nico turn a massive corner. Because what happens in that gym, Nico gets broke every time he goes into that gym. Um. I think it's it's mental. Like I don't think what he, what he can come up against in a fight can be close to to what the what they do at commando. So along with the tie boxing, I think um, that plays a big part in Nico's anyway. Stevie's just an absolute machine. You could hit Stevie in the face with a shovel. <laughs> but Stevie's hard as nails. He's always fit. He always keeps his cell right. Just um, our training in the gym's enough. But if Stevie, if I, I think if we put what Nico does to Stevie, I think we'd see a totally different side of Stevie as well. So that's yeah. something we're working on now as well. I think if we go that kind of side of things as well, I think Stevie would be a totally different animal, to be honest. Yeah, you'd have two top fighters coming out of your gym then as well. Aye, definitely. Stevie's already there. Look, Steve, yeah. Stevie's really, really hard to beat, don't But there's certainly things we could we could work on. Stevie, once he's a wee bit bigger, I think he'll, he'll, he'll cause an awful lot of people problems. Yeah. Definitely. Right, so putting the physical um, aside on the build-up to a fight, do you feel like you have to mentally build your fighters as well? Um, I think that comes with the training, to be honest. The boys are confident in what happens. What they're doing, after every session, the boys leave absolutely buzzing. Yeah. We, they know if they put the work in, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. The boys, all, Nico especially, Nico does train his brain quite a lot. Nico's really into his audio books like David Goggins and stuff like that. Nico trains his brain every day. Um, sometimes you get a lot of, we, we do get a lot of times where the boys will have a bad session to go home up, upset and that, but it's just, it's part and parcel. That's what happens when you really, really want it and things are only going right, but it's just a case of pulling each other out it when, when that happens. Get back mm -hmm. on it, get in, have a good session, and everything's. Yeah, the boy, to be honest, with these boys, it's no hard. These boys are really mentally strong already. Um, they don't really struggle with the pressure. They don't struggle with any stress. Uh, fighting at all, man. They were. It's something they both really, really want to do. So I think mm -hmm. when you, when you know where you're going, I don't think it should be stressful. Yeah. Um, 
I think Liverpool, I don't really have a thought of that, to be honest, now. Yeah. How, how do you feel then, the fact that you're obviously quite a young group, player and coach, how do you feel the chemistry is between yourselves and how, how that helps you or, or sometimes may make it hard on the boat to a fight? Um, I think it's good because we're all young and fresh, so we've all got that approach to it that we're always just always buzzing 24-7. Yeah. The fact that we all do tie boxing full-time, that helps as well. Look, we've all got that drive and ambition. I think we'll just let it's mental. It's the buzzing old gym's mental after a good session. You you go home absolutely buzzing. Look, every time we've all got the same approach. It's different. See when you've all when you're all in the same room, you're all working towards the same thing, and you've all got the same mentality. It's crazy. Yeah. I think your chemistry comes from the fact we're all so alike. We're all best pals outside the gym. When we go in the gym, we get the heads done. We all we're all working to the exact same goal. Yeah. Um. So I think that helps as well. But there's no really, we don't, I'd say we've had maybe one argument in the gym and it's just been pulled to the side and squashed. But the fact that we're all the same age, that's obviously, that's inevitable. It's always going to happen, but it's never happened more than once. So there's, I wouldn't say there's a downside to the fact we're all the same age, mm. roughly. Yeah, I think it's a quality quality thing that you've got there, really. Because you are... A lot, of people don't, a lot of people don't understand it. Like, I think a lot of people at the start will laugh. Because the boys are good at promoting themselves. That's first and foremost. You need to, if you've got sponsors and all your sponsors and that, rely on you to be promoting yourself, make yourself marketable. If you want to do this full time, you need to, you need to promote yourself. A lot of people don't like it. I think a lot of people say either shouting and bawling and all that noise. But every time we've said we're going to do something, we've delivered every single time. It's just the boys are passionate about it. Let them post what they want. Let them be as loud as they want, as long as they can back up. And they do every time. Yeah, so sure. I, think it's, I think a lot of people don't like the fact we're so young and we're doing so well, but I don't, I've, personally I don't see what the problem is. If you're, if I seen boys younger than me and I had 10 years when the boys coming up and they were doing well, I'd be like, fucking that's brilliant. But a lot of people don't see it that way, but it's no, to be honest, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. No. Um, I think it's just motivation to just keep going. Um, to be honest, I don't really take any notice yet. It doesn't even... Um, Flying, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love your life. Yeah, as I said, the the fact that he puts it himself out there, it's a self belief anyway. So if you're not gonna, if you're not willing to put yourself out there, then I, I, I think a lot, I think a lot of fighters go in and put themselves out there, and they don't actually believe in what they're saying. Mm. The difference is, see if if my fighter didn't actually believe what he's saying, and it was posting hundreds of things about this and that, I'd be like, right, fucking wrap it. But Nico believes absolutely everything he's saying. I believe yeah. everything he's saying, and he should, because he, what, what, what he's saying he's going to be, he is going to be. So it's yeah. like, it's, you need to promote yourself, you want to, you want the sport to grow, you want opportunities, um, you want sponsors, you need to promote yourself, you, it's a kind of, you're, you're a celebrity in your own right, aren't you? So yeah, if the sport's yeah. ever going to grow, I'd actually encourage fighters to, to be the same. Post mm. on your social media, fucking let people know what's happening with your training or the time, people want to see it. Yeah, yeah. But you can't promote yourself and you can't rely on someone else, do you? I mean, it comes from within. Aye, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You need to promote yourself first. You can't just have somebody else do it. You need to. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, when your fighters fight, would you say that you feel uh, a pressure yourself as a coach, like a feeling, um, like wanting them to do well? Aye, it's mental that 
I used to get pure stressed on the way up to fights myself. I used to just cause you you'll want to win. Like there's there's not coming up to a fight for the moment your fight is confirmed. I was never. I wouldn't go to sleep without thinking about it. It's the same with the boys. When we're fighting, I'll, it'll be the last thing I think about at night, and it'll be the first thing I think about in the morning. Yeah. That is, I'll live six weeks to six weeks. That fight camp six weeks, the start, and then the, the end up. And that's I'll obsess about that until then. But the pressure comes off me the last week in fight camp because I see the product to the end of fight camp, and I'm like, right, let's do this. We're ready. The only yeah, time yeah. I'll stress is if I think we've not done enough in the gym, and that will never be that will never ever be the case. Uh, the only time I have I really was stressed was Nico's last fight, was a his European title fight. He had a back injury. Um, it was his lower back, I think it was a disc or something. It was an agony. It was a it was a bad injury, so it was. But we got it nursed. I didn't want him. He'd pulled out a fight before that because he was injured. So I thought if he doesn't fight in December. He's not going to fight till maybe March. And we really, really needed that European title to fall onto something else. So I was like, right, we need to make this happen. But I had to make the decision where, whether I was going to pull him out or not. We weren't really sure. But I thought, right, I would went and got a specialist to look at it. We've got rehab done on it. We've thought, right, we'll work around it in the, in the fight camp. So I was like, right, we're not pulling. We're going to go with it. And we'll work around it. Yeah. It was like, right, sound. So at that point, if Nico went in the fight and his back was still and something happened, then that's on me. But that's when I had to be a boss and go out to myself, right, fucking, is this, is this a wise decision? Can we make this happen? And we, we worked to run it. Perfect. So we did. And I think the fight lasted less than a minute or something. going to say, you pulled it off in the end. Aye, it was a monster. I would never put any of my fighters in danger, but I, I don't wrap them in cotton wool either. But that was a smart decision on my part. I'm like, can he do this? Is this injury going to affect him? It was bad, but if he, he trained, he used, Nico's brain took him through that fight. Yeah. I got certain people to speak to him. I got certain people from different places to speak to him, like, who knew their stuff. People that were into like, fucking mind coaching and stuff like that, like Ross from Commando. And he, ended, he went into that fight bulletproof, and he, his leg could have been hanging off. And he yeah. just still won that fight just because of the way his body was letting him down. So his fight, his his brain had to take him through it. Do you know what I mean? His mind, his mind won him that fight. So just things like that. that's the only time you can feel pressures when it's all on you. I feel responsible. Um, yeah. But it's fucking even before before the boys fight, man. I'm a nervous wreck, man. Sometimes I'll need to walk away and have five minutes to myself and fucking calm myself down because it's just gonna make them worse. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes fucking I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this to myself, man? This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you get a, a big buzz then out of them when you just like you would yourself. Oh, it's mental, man. It's crazy. I fucking, I can't, uh, it's like, it reminds me when I was a junior when I was winning, that mad feeling like when winning was just the best thing ever. That's what it's like, you know, when the boys win, it's fucking, I can't sleep after it, man. It's a mad feeling. Yeah. Right, so... Um, in terms of coaching and your gym, then what's the the future, the big vision? Where are you taking it? Um, well, we've got well, we just opened our new gym. Uh, me and Nico, we were wanting to we were doing it full time, so I was like, right, we sat down with each other, like, right, let's 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 do this, let's fucking we want to make a good living at it. Um, so we've thought every there's so many Thai boxing gyms in Scotland, so we really went all out with what we've done with the place, the place is looking minted. Yeah. Um, to match the quality of our coaching, 
the fighters we've got, we've got a gym to match, we've got a gym uh, that's got an indoor and outdoor area. Outdoor area is the last year first and stuff. That'll be used for like training in the summer um, outside. And also if we have a second spike of this coronavirus, then you can still train outside. So that's just a kind of, that's a backup plan for whenever we need that. But as for the gym, the gym will be absolutely mobbed to like the interest we've got locally. We are quite we're quite popular locally. Like a lot of people want to train moves and stuff like that. So gyms on Scotland are not open yet. When they're ready, when we're allowed to open, then I think I think we'll take care. To be honest, I think we'll do really well. So um, aye. So the gym will be class, man. Um, Stevie, I've got a good few opportunities coming up for Stevie. Hunter's coming up for Nico as well. Uh, Nico's just confirmed for the Ramesh Habib fight in Las Vegas. In yeah. February, so lion fight. I lion fight, so yeah. So let's touch on that a little bit then. Um, how did that fight come about, um, and what's the, the the build up plan for this fight? Well, the fight came about last year. I wanted Nico on lion fight. I, I always kind of wanted to fight on it myself um, when I was uh, when I was younger. So yeah. I was always kind of messaging. I've always quite been quite pally with Scott Kent. Because Scott Kent used to go to Sassy Prapa, so I'd met him there a couple of times. We were quite pally. Um, and he just kept saying, I, I'll maybe get the boys on at some point. This and that. Obviously, he's a busy guy. And then Sergio from Newcastle, he phoned me one day saying, Listen, Lion Fighter doing a show in Sweden. Can we get Nico? And it was the show with Malik. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malik from Sweden's a cracking guy. Yeah. Um, he it was his show, so we went across and basically the contract stated that if Nico won that fight, then he would sign a contract with Lion Fight. So Nico went across, fought Kenny Hong, then he beat him, and then Scott's there. Scott Kent's, uh, I think he's one of the directors of Lion Fight. He messaged me saying, "Right, listen, um, can we get Nico? Is that can we get Nico in Lion Fight in America?" I was like, right, "Brilliant, perfect." And I, I suggested straight away, I was like, I'd quite like him to fight Ramesh. For that one. Yeah. When the, the first thing he said to me is, like, but Nico doesn't really hold any other titles. So this goes back to my point about the European title fight December being so important. He said, yeah. if he has a European title, he's at, then he can contest for it. So he won that. I got a message straight away, right, let's do this, let's make it happen. Um, but they only released it maybe last week publicly. So it's in February, uh, he'll be fighting in Vegas for the Lion Fight World title. Quality man, look forward to that one. It's going to be a I look forward to it well, man, it be amazing. Yeah, nice nice trip to Vegas as well. I definitely, man. <laughs> <laughs> so as a coach then, and, and just talking about the opportunities, how would you say that you, you get opportunities for fighters and, and put them in the right place at the right time? Well... Getting opportunity, you just you need to make loads of contacts yourself. But like, I'm not the only person looking for. I'm not the only person looking for the fights for them. Um, I've got Christian Knowles. Like Christian Knowles is like my favourite coach. Yeah. I really, look, I really look up to Christian. Like he helps me a lot of things. If I'm unsure or I need advice, I pick up the phone and phone him about anything. Um, he helps manage Nico and Stevie. Also, I've had help for Sergio in the past. Um, oh, cool. Ma Malik still helps me currently um, as well as myself just you, just need to, you need to, you can't just be like that especially at my age I've not got as many contacts as maybe a lot of other people so I'll I'm open minded I'll let people match my fighters I'm not a control freak I'll let people match my fighters if I think they're going to come up with a good opportunity I'll coach them make sure they're ready but somebody else can get in the fight 
I don't necessarily need to get in that fight. But um, to be honest, I get I get alright myself. I, if a lot of people, there's no really one personal approach that don't, doesn't kind of entertain me. Um, yeah. I'll just sit and troll the internet, find promotions in Italy and France and wherever. I'll get in touch with a promoter. I'll say, right, here's my fighter's details. If you don't need me, there's my WhatsApp number, whatever. And I will get interest. I'll get my messages back asking questions. Have you got a fight at this weight that weight? So it's just building a, building a relationship all over the place. Yeah, just about um, networking. Aye, definitely, aye, networking. Yeah, that's so. quality. Okay, so, um, that's pretty much everything I have planned, man, that was great. Is there anything you want to touch on quickly, uh, any promotions or social media or anything? anything uh, like, obviously, well, we touched on the fight, but I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, well, Steve, Alex Foreman's just released a show. Um, only, I don't know, if, have you seen it? The Outdoor Show? No, I haven't, you know. It's, there's, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be any shows in the UK this year. Um, yeah. But Alex is having a show on the twenty fourth of September. I think it's five weeks today, anyway. And Nico and Stevie are headlining it. It's an outdoor show. It's okay. in Liverpool, um, and it's in like, a Roman, like a Roman style, like a yeah, style play. It's going to be amazing, man. Alex, Alex is all. I've always been quite tight with Alex. Um, he's one. Of, he, Alex is one of the good guys, man. He was like that. Um, he said, "If I make this show happen, this was about two, about six weeks ago." He said, if I make this show happen, he's like, I promise you that I'll get the two boys on because he knows how much I'm dying to keep them busy, you know? Yeah. Um, and he was just phoned me, he's like, ah, you're gonna, he's like, he's like, you're gonna be uh, buzzing it, but I'm gonna tell you next. And I was like, fucking, right, geezer. And they just said, right, that show's confirmed, just get the boys ready. So, fight camp starts tomorrow, no, so Monday. Monday, fight yeah. Starts Monday, so. Yeah, Aye, mate, I'm looking forward to it. At the end of the day, you can't be choosy about money and choosy about opponents and that, you know. We need to get the ring rust after into the new year because we're going to be playing catch-up next year. Yeah, especially um, coming into such a big fight as well. 100%. Ring rust is real and ring rust affects everybody. There's no one person that doesn't get it. If, you're, if you don't get it, you're very lucky. So that, mm. it's about keeping busy this year. So we'll, we'll get this fight in September and then I've got maybe something in October, maybe in Italy. Flanico, maybe Ireland, but we're just going to wait and see. So. Yeah. Bro, well, what's your uh, social media and your gym? Do you want to just plug that quickly? Uh, it's Decolic Muay Thai Academy, and my own social media is just JP Alka. So. Spot on, bro. Right, brilliant, mate. Right, thanks very much for that one, right? Right, mate, cheers. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. As I've said before, I really do appreciate the support that we've been having on the page at the moment and the podcast. Don't forget to share this on your story and I will keep bringing to you the best Muay Thai content from around the world. See you next week.